Thank you for tuning in on Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with Comic Michael Harrison. Michael Harrison, how the hell are you? I'm pretty amazing, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for coming on and let people know where they can find you. You're usually touring uh, internationally, but you probably are a little bit more local these days. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I'm uh, <laughs> very local to my apartment. You know, I've done a ton of Zoom shows in the last three months. So, uh, yeah, I can say I'm very localized, super even. And you're at, you, I mean, you're out, you're outside now. You were doing QED recently out, out in their back uh, backyard. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, I've done a few shows. I've done, um, what is it, uh, Bel Air Diner. So there's like a drive-in show over there. Uh, and I've done a lot of, yeah, I've done stand-up New York out in the park in Central Park. I've done a bunch of Central Park shows by independent producers. Buddy, I am doing the park circuit. I am <laughs> all right? Squirrels are getting to know me, let me tell you. I see some of these pictures of outdoors, and I'm really like taking away the trappings of the stage and the light and things like that. You guys are truly naked out there, just just standing, just standing on grass. What a way to put it! The trappings of the stage, (laughs) in the thing we need. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So happy they freed us of all those things that help us uh, be (laughs) fun here. But I, I mean, you guys are totally equal. You're, you know, they're sitting on the grass, and you guys are just standing there, maybe with a mask around your neck, and it really just shows how courageous the discipline is. I mean, it's pretty minimal. Oh, it's insanity, man! You like we're outside yelling, yelling our jokes, <laughs> and then there's crazy people walking by, and they're like, "I have competition now." You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, hey, I wanted to yell in this corner, you know, or. Yeah. Yeah, you used to be able to kind of talk shit about the rando in New Yorkers, but now they might be in your audience walking by. Oh, man. And we're scaring them. That's the <laughs> thing. You know? <laughs> like, now, now you're the crazy person. Oh, it's insanity. There's people who don't even know there's a comedy show going on. And then it's like, <laughs> we just walk under a tree and start talking about our genitals. You know? Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah now, now the park's you're, like this. We are really ruining, we're really ruining like the property value of these parks. Yeah. Right? I would think they almost need to like divide up divide up these parks into PG and PG thirteen and rated R depending on who the comic is. Yeah, I know. I it, it's so fascinating because like the sun's out, everyone's happy, and then comics are like, "Now's the time to talk about our depression." You know, <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to give these jokes. So you're right; it feels ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I love it. Like I love stand up. Period. But uh, yeah, some of the scenarios are just I don't know. It's a new world, man. Like. Now that there's no comedy clubs, like even when you do Zoom shows, um, which for your viewers, if they don't know, which I'm sure they do, uh, is us performing in our computer to other <laughs> people watching from their computers. <laughs> the very first show I did, uh, what is it? I, uh, the first comic on the first show I did, he started telling jokes and a hacker hacked oh. into the show and pulled out his cock and started beating off during his set. Oh no. I know, and the two female uh, producers <sighs> put it on, their parents were watching. Oh no. They were flipping out, of, of course you would. They're like, oh my God. So that's they probably didn't know how to. They probably didn't know how to turn off somebody's camera at that point, or they like they didn't have their, they didn't have their finger on the button at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's all new technology, so everyone's getting used to it. But absolutely hilarious that that's the new heckler 
for our <laughs> now. We have to worry about about people hacking into our shows and doing that, you know? And that was like my very first Zoom show. And I'm like, wow, this is this is how it's gonna go, I guess. Hey? Uh, and I mean and then you're supposed to control your hacker, but like controlling the hacker in that situation might mean beating them off. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> I'll take I'll say this. I'll take squirrels any day. All right. Yeah. I think, uh, I'll take squirrels. <laughs> but they, they they can track all these shows at Michael H Comedy on Twitter, which I follow, and then uh, on Instagram, you're Michael Harrison comedian. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's I'm what even they on TikTok. I think. Uh, yeah, Michael Harrison comedian. Yeah, so even YouTube, it sounds like uh, that, that's Michael Harrison as well. You have a sketch coming out. Yes, I do. I have a sketch coming out uh, either tomorrow or the day after. Uh, and, wait, when when does this air? I feel like I shouldn't say tomorrow or the day after. Yeah, I think this will be out tomorrow, Sunday. Oh, perfect. Then it's probably today. It's probably today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Probably go, today. Yeah, go to his YouTube channel. And so what? how can you tease it? What can they expect if they go ch check out the new sketch? What is oh. Michael Harrison talking about these days? Ah, no, no, no. I, I mean, it's so funny, too, because it is my very first sketch like I'm putting out there. Uh, and it's just me making fun of uh, selfish people. That was That's the whole point. Uh. I, yeah, I decided, what do I want to make fun of? And then I realized uh, I collected all the selfish complaints over the past four months about the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. and, and I put that into a sketch with a bunch of different characters, right? Yes. So it's, uh, I honestly think it's it's super funny. I'll, I'll tell it to you this way. I framed it as uh, the Selfish History Channel, you know? <laughs> selfish History Channel documentary. Uh, where they go over like everything from uh, conspiracy theories to Black Lives Matter to uh, people's, you know, like businesses are being shut down. And then all these selfish characters do, you know, most of the same complaints that we've been hearing. And then, you know, I throw in a joke for each complaint. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the idea of the sketch right there. Are you playing all the characters? No. No, I'm just playing a, a guy named Joey who's uh, based off of the Steinway, the Steinway partiers, right? <laughs> I'm familiar. Yeah, I used to walk by that. I was like, this is popping right now. I didn't know it got even worse. Yeah, so I, I based my character on him. I, uh, I got a friend. I based her character off Amy Cooper. I based oh. uh, another friend off of uh, the Michigan Lansing people who pulled out their guns to get haircuts. Yes, yes. And then I pulled out, the other one was, who, who else did, oh, the other one was uh, a girl from the Lake of the Ozarks. I, uh, I pulled, like, I, I, I based it around her off of a news interview. So I basically had comics act these people out. I told them who they were sort of acting. Yes. And then I gave them all, like, fake names. And then this sketch where I tried to cover as many of these uh, sad, selfish, you know, the only point of the sketch is none of them are allowed to complain about people getting sick because they don't care <laughs> about humanity, you know? <laughs> so people are complaining about masks. People are, are complaining about uh, <laughs> about how the government's trying to take their guns, uh, about how they're cooped up in their five-story mansion. You know, yeah. like all those complaints, you know, like that one obviously is based off Ellen DeGeneres, you know? <laughs> So it's like all based on like the real the real things, and then I just sort of stuck them in a script, and that's how that sketch is gonna be. So the only thing that's like uh, I I finished it uh, yesterday. Well, my editor sent it over, and uh, it was like six minutes, which is like that's like a 
that's like a, I don't know what to say, man. That's like a four-hour movie. In comparison yeah, to some people. To, to some people, that's pretty chubby, yeah. Yeah, right? So now I'm, I'm cutting it down so I can try to get it to five, five minutes. And uh, yeah, there's, just, there's a bunch of good stuff in it. But yeah, I'm trimming right now. So that's all I got left. Yeah, they're, they're, they're thinking, hey, this Michael Harrison, he just put, put on a new Irishman. That's how long it is. I know, yeah, right? <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> and so, so, yeah, so the selfishness brings us into kind of a related topic, which is vanity. And it sounds like you've been reading up on it, so I'd like your current thoughts on it. But it's, you know, you're kind of a guy who will, who will tour the States, who will tour, you know, Canada, and it sounds like you have a big following. And so I would think that it's probably pretty easy to fall into uh, the vanity trap. The vanity trend. <laughs> or, the, or the vanity trap, yeah. I like how you set me up sometimes. It's so like, uh, what do you call it, broad. Like, I really could go anywhere with this. I like oh, yeah, it. And you please do. Yeah, go somewhere as long as it's funny, right? <laughs> oh, fair, fair, fair. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just a little obsessed with just, I mean, I, like, do you care about your looks? You're a handsome yeah, I, man, oh, right? No, I, I did, yeah. I peaked when I was about 12 or 18. I had a couple of peaks back in the day, but then my face exploded, exploded and I took myself out. Like, you're getting, a certain <laughs> you're getting a certain reaction to your looks when you're, uh, you know, a seven or an eight or whatever it was back in the day. But yeah. then when you, when you turn into a five, you, you try to traffic in the same stuff, and you're like, this shit is not playing anymore. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, you're right. Like, people are very uh, bugged out by everything. Like, yeah, your looks comes across status-wise. Yeah, it's funny because people do. They judge. I read a news article uh, about how teachers actually grade um, younger or better-looking kids uh, more favorably. <laughs> like, actual fact. Like, I'm talking, and not, like, sexually or anything, but, like, say a kid shows up to class with her, like, ponytails or uh, just in a nice dress. Like, they're viewed as smarter even though they could be dumb as bricks. And if a kid sort of didn't comb his hair or whatnot and goes to school, uh, he's more likely to have a disadvantage in grading. Like, it even comes down to kids. Kids. And do we think it's like the, the nerdy teacher is still kind of subconsciously want the approval of the good-looking person or what? Yeah, is that weird that a teacher... Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it signifies. I guess it's just like teachers, like, I'm going to throw a few extra grades because I like looking at that kid, you know? <laughs> yeah, let, let's hope not. But like, what what kind of reactions do you get? I mean, you're a funny dude. You're a good-looking guy. You're, you're around there. You, you have all the trappings of success, you know? You have hundreds or thousands of people looking at your direction. Wait, hang, is this hang, the second hang. time you use the word trappings? I'm, oh, I'm sure. Really, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Well, well, that's kind of that's kind of what elevates you beyond the squirrels, man. Like you're up there, thousands of people are looking at you, hanging on your every word, laughing at everything you say. I can't believe that it wouldn't be a crowd of women kind of waiting for you when you got off stage. I mean, yeah, but like then my then they hear my opinions, and that sort of ruins everything. <laughs> right? I mean, you still you can't, you still can't sexy up a really dumb opinion, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I don't know, I'm. I grew up fat, to be fair. I grew up fat and I had a ton of acne. So I was, I was really, uh, I think I was really isolated when I was young and, and very shy that way. So yeah, I, okay, I could say maybe the looks have improved, but it's not like the mentality of like, I just have the mentality of a fat person. Like I said, I'm sorry, I have the mentality of like, oh man, I want to like wear baggier clothes or I want to like, you know, be a little bit more non-discreet. Like I can't dress, that's, that's a fact. Um, I don't know, like things, it is very odd for me. 
Like, it is very odd to, to do that because I think you just need confidence. If you don't have confidence, you're just not going to be sexy. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, so, yeah. so even like you're kind of battling with confidence because you're still the fat kid on the inside. Like I guess a little bit. Like you know what's hilarious? Even during this pandemic, I uh, I hit up my mom. Uh, I thought this was actually sort of cool, but I asked my mom just to tell me stories about me as a kid. Yeah. You know, because I realized why not connect with my parents again, like uh, and sort of go over my life because I don't. I obviously don't know a lot. I need and material. I, I need material. But parents, give me some more yeah, stories. Maybe, I need yeah. more material. I need another hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, this pandemic ruined my my act. <laughs> you know, I need to work on something else. But uh, my mom has so far written me eight stories about me as a kid. Seven of them are about how fat I was. Like, wow. that's, all, that's all she Thanks, remembers mom. of me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's horrific to learn that your parents have, like, you know, anytime a parent will say anything like that, like, that's the only thing you'll focus on. Like, even if there was a lifetime of loving comments, like, now you're going to be revisiting, the like, this whole time my mom thought I was a chub. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I knew that my whole life. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's all she focused on. She she would like, just oh, whine about it. Oh, you were 11 pounds. My gosh. It was so hard to get clothes on you. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, mom, but what was wow. I like? And she's like, oh, you're hungry. You know? And I was just like, Never. Wow. I can't, I can't believe you were driven to eat as a youngster. If the focus, I mean, if the, if the parent focused on that shit, I would think that it would be difficult to, to kind of develop healthy, uh, a healthy approach to food as opposed, uh, as opposed to like a crutch or something. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I guess in a way too, it's her own fault. She encouraged me. Maybe I should throw that at her. You know what I mean? And it's like, you're a dude. It's like, well, what did you do? You uh, the cookies. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. I learned it by watching you. Yeah, the Oreos didn't stock their the cupboard themselves. You know? Exactly. I didn't have money. What do you What do you want? Right? Yeah, like I think the opposite was for me. So like, you know, the confidence is developed when you're when you're younger, and I was a badass during those developmental years, and oh. and so I I just have an unbreakable confidence. But then when I started, you know, you know, I got the face exploded with acne, and so I was like, well, you know, I'm not getting the same reactions from people as I used to. I'm just going to take myself out of the game because when you have that huge of an ego, and it's so fragile, like any little comment can shatter it. So if you take yourself out of the game, like if I'm not going to win the game, I'm taking myself out of the game. Ooh, okay. I like that. Right on, Brian. I'm starting to know more about you. That is a great way to point it out. I didn't think about that, but you're right. There's probably a year in your development, like a couple years, that's very pinnacle to how you're going to grow. You know, oh, yeah. because like for, that's yeah, for me, for me, it's like it was 14 years. <laughs> Yeah, but that might be for everybody because, I mean, we yeah. are all very vulnerable and sensitive during that period, you know? So, of course, our feelings and our hormones are crazy during that period, and that probably keeps us going for the rest of our lives, you know? Oh, Just yeah. those those memories. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm still coasting on that, but as a result, you take yourself out of any situation that could, uh, you know, shatter that ego, which is all of them, you know? So yes. me, me being an introvert means that I'm not going to go around and hang out with people who will tell me what they really think. It's like, Brian, why are you acting like a 10 when you're now a 5? And so yeah. I guess my question for you is, like, now that you're you're rocking and rolling and you're just, you know, you know, slaying on the comedy circuit, like, do you find yourself having, you know, kind of a, you know, it, it boosts your ego a little bit, but you find yourself still like a s single comment will throw you back to the fat kid. Um, yeah, a little bit, you know, like, um, gosh, obviously I, I love attention. Who doesn't? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, but it's true. I, I feel like we get complimented by girls. Like, 
I, just because I, I didn't I didn't lose my virginity until I was like twenty, I think. And I never, I, the girls were never actually interested in me for all of my teens, like high school, all that stuff. So even for me to think about like uh, women once they, you know, show affection or, or care, I mean, it does, it startles me. Like I oddly, <laughs> I oddly, I think almost all the girls I've dated did have to instigate. And then I was like, yeah, wow. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, that, but that was sort of how it works for me. I was uh, very shy of being open to being vulnerable to possibly being rejected. You know, so when I see guys with the confidence to just go up to a woman and tell her how beautiful she is or anything like that, I'm just like, that to me, I'm like, how'd you do that? That was so brave. <laughs> like a firefighter in my mind. Like, uh you could meanwhile, meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile, while you're, you're on the stage, you're on the stage commanding attention. So they're probably like, how do you do what you do? Oh, God, I know. See, there's, there's also another, yeah, that's funny how I never equate that stuff. You know, like talk about stories that my mom gave me, like the one story she didn't, that didn't revolve around my weight. She actually sent to me right before, right now. And I just, <laughs> and she talked about how I was uh, in preschool and uh, there was a big like <laughs> graduation presentation for us at preschool. We're graduating, you know, not going to a real school. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the teacher told my mom that uh, for the presentation, everyone's um, supposed to sing a song. And in uh, their class, we were all supposed to sing a song. And she's like, just a warning, uh, your son never cares. Like he, he's not trying to learn the song. He <sighs> didn't want to sing when we were doing it, him and a few other kids. So, uh, you know, we, we did it, whatever, but just heads up your, your son doesn't, didn't seem to care. Right. And my, my parents are like, yeah, whatever, you know, like we, we know who he is. He's a very quiet introvert. And then they, they all of a sudden started singing and, uh, Apparently, I just jumped out in front of everyone and overacted like every single word. Wow. And like took over the stage. And my mom was like, geez, you're like such an introvert, but your comfort zone was on the stage. Who knew that you'd grow up to be a comedian or something like that? <laughs> well, that's cool. It's cool yeah. that some of these stories are reflecting a personality that turned out to be a profession. Yeah, that is sort of fascinating. But that's what I mean. Whereas like on stage, yeah, like a lot of people get so intimidated by that. I never had like that, that discomfort with that part. As much as it is to be like, I was, I'm scared by certain social interactions because I feel like I'm going to be abandoned or maybe like not, maybe rejected in some way. And I hate that. I don't want to feel it. Uh, on stage, on the other hand, that's a different game where I don't see any of that. You know, I don't feel that or think that. So I don't know how that, how psychologically I got there. Yeah, but you would yes. think that, that early on, like a lack of laughs would be a rejection or something like that. But it sounds like if you just have a polished routine, they'll never not be laughing and you, you won't be rejected. You know what? You know what's sort of funny is like since I was like uh, sort of bullied in high school, uh, I didn't care when I when I bombed. Like I did care. <sighs> It did hurt, but I was also used to it. Like, you almost want to tell people, like, oh, it's really good for comics to, like, to, to like, not be very well accepted by society when they get into stand-up. Because once you bomb, you can take it really well. You're like, oh, this is good. <laughs> uh, I'm Where used to everybody, everybody looking at me with disapproval. 
Yeah, I mean, like, because I remember when I would watch, like, those uh, really good-looking, like, built, bodybuilding men, you know, who are clearly jocks in high school, and they go on stage and tell jokes, and they bomb, and you just watch them get deflated. They take it so hard of, like, I can be rejected, but I have cheekbones, you know? (laughs) (laughs) My cheekbones protect me from rejection. I love that. Right? Yeah. So I did find that very, very, I, I guess maybe that was like one of my favorite things to watch when I was coming up as a comic was like all, all the first timers who were clearly jocks and had it good. And then just get watching them get pounded like we all do and watching them take it a lot harder than the people who are sort of used to being isolated. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We never had to develop a thick skin, you know, when you're kind of, you know, floating on clouds back in the day, like you didn't develop that resiliency that you need. And last night I was listening to Mark Norman was on Theo Vaughn's podcast months ago, beginning of the year. And they said something like, you know, comedy is a way for you to control how people are laughing at you. And so back in the day, you know, they were talking about how they were young and what are the better, whatever. And they always got laughed at. And so comedy was a way to control when, you know, okay, these people are going to laugh at me. Let me make sure it's at, you know, a joke I'm telling. That's a good point. I mean, plus there's wisdom to draw from it, you know, and there is comfort too in that, like, I can laugh at a situation that used to hurt, right? Because then once you're owning it, once you're, like, accepting it and and whatnot, like, the joke is just dealing with it, you know, and seeing it from a side and realizing, like, how maybe that experience changed you or made you who you are, you know? And then that's, that's all very likable. So it sounds like you are, yeah. So it sounds like you are telling these stories on stage and that vulnerability probably attracts the audience to you. Cause I mean, if you're a good looking dude, like you can't just be up there and stay Listen, good. Have, good lo- have sex well, with me? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> dude, well, Hey man, I mean, you know, like um, here, yeah, yeah. I'm in New York city. So yeah, let's bone. But, um, <laughs> But like, you know, somebody like Anthony Jeselnik, he tries to keep up the whole, I'm a good looking dude, I'm never going to break the wall down. But, you know, there's other people who are, you know, they go vulnerable in the first five seconds so that you're like, oh, shit, this guy who's all cheekbones is, is yeah. just like is just like me so I can laugh with him. I mean, to a degree, though, like, because that's not exactly believable. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I'm vulnerable in, in, in certain ways, but I can't obviously fake like, it's not like I can go on stage now and say, oh, like, you know, I'm, girls totally reject me or whatnot. Like, I think <laughs> that would be stupid. Like, Jessenick can't do that either. I, in fact, love how Jessenick, I think Jessenick's, uh, God, Jessenick does a really cool thing in the fact that he goes so dark. Because, like, honestly, the, I mean, it's very well known in stand-up that if, you're, if, you know, you're about your looks or you're a better-looking human, you're probably not going to do as well in comedy. Like, you know, <laughs> just do, like, people who are a little, uh, I don't know, like, I don't want to ever be rude, but they're in Kemp in some ways or whatnot. Like, and it, this isn't, like, I'm not incorrect by this. There's, I know a lot of comics who dress up to not look as good on stage because it makes them <laughs> it makes the audience, you know, feel fine with it. But then Jessalyn doesn't do that. Jessalyn, like, yeah tight-fitting everything. He always looks good. Uh, so he sort of sets himself up with a disadvantage. Then his material is also another big disadvantage because, I mean, no one wants to see a uh, good-looking guy talk about how great he is yeah. and, and also 
be dark and and whatnot. And the fact that he's such an amazing writer, I think, is how he pulls through, obviously. But like, it's very impressive. I think he does takes. I think he does something very difficult that not many comics can do, and that's only because he's such a good joke writer. Oh yeah, like, like back about ten years ago, I emailed him, and he was nice enough to email me. I was like, "Oh shit, can I write for you?" Because that's the material I was writing at the time. You know, a lot of comics starting out are are doing that incredible, you know, non-believable dark shit. And and he, he was nice enough to get back to me, and he said something like, "No, that's the fun part for me." <laughs> like meaning like writing these jokes, because I mean, if you go up on stage with this shit back in the day, and nobody knows who you are, I can't imagine the reaction is positive. And so I guess my question that's for you is that like, are are you? I mean, I guess you're not getting up there and saying that I'm rejected now because. That wouldn't be believable but are you bringing up these stories of back in the day you were fat or not really oh yeah of course like i, I touch on anything that's real and have to use like the scenarios because yeah that is like part of who i am and part of like what i do want to delve into and talk about and the psychology behind that stuff yeah because that's fun to probe like comedy's not really that much fun if you're not really learning anything with the jokes as well i yeah. sort of like that like when the comics are like, oh, I, I realized this and blah. Like, those moments, too, to share that with an audience, those are so much fun. You know, oh, yeah. I appreciate comics who, who know how to use, utilize their, their, their real emotions about certain scenarios and why that existed, you know, or what their take is on why that existed. So, yeah. yeah. And at the very least, you're being interesting such that, like, even if you're not getting a laugh a second, they're going to listen till the next punchline if you're interesting. Yeah, but even that, it, it could lead to really good laughs or really original stuff, you know? It's not just yeah. like, I'm going to, like, cut and paste, uh, you know, a misdirection, you know, yeah. joke, anything like that. You're not setting yourself up that way. So, yeah, that's why I like it, you know? So good. I mean, everybody's going to check out the Michael Harrison uh, comedy. It looks like the, the sketch, sketch is coming out soon. It sounds like it's coming up today as of the publication of this podcast. And so Michael Harrison has his own YouTube channel. But then you can also check all his, his, his upcoming Zoom and park shows and things like that at Michael H. Comedy on Twitter and Michael Harrison Comedy at Instagram. Yeah, that's uh, that's me. Thanks. Fuck, fuck yeah. Well, I mean, we're in NYC and I've been I've been just sucking you off all episodes so i'm, I'm gonna come find you and we're gonna fuck even if you're not gay sweet can't wait <laughs> michael harrison thank you so much don't bring up my weight all right <laughs> Dude, thanks a lot michael okay cheers <laughs>